by the way, I still have not read that. The more that people tell me to read it, the more I don't want to read it. So just don't (laughs) tell me to read it. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing books that remind us of the cultural phenomenon sweeping the nation, Baby Yoda. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Here at He Read, She Read, we believe that reading fosters relationships by sparking great conversations and encouraging empathy. We publish bi-weekly episodes on the second and fourth weeks of each month, and sometimes one of those is a book discussion. So in our next episode... Not this week, but next week. We'll discuss Ghost Talkers by Mary Robinette Kowal, a science fiction and fantasy twist on a World War I spy story. Make sure you're following us on Instagram for buddy read news and other announcements at He Read, She Read. You can also get in touch with us via email at He Read, She Read podcast at gmail.com. And you can find a list of all the books we mentioned in today's episode at He Read, She Read.org. Please take a few minutes to write a review on Apple Podcasts to help more bookworms find our show. You could also send a link to a friend, or you can post on social media, share the podcast in your Instagram stories. All of these things help people find us, get book recommendations, and keep the podcast going. All right, so we like to start our episodes with a little discussion on some sort of book-related topic, and for today... Uh, we're actually going to talk about books that we read mutually, sort of by accident. <laughs> um, so these were impromptu buddy reads that happened over holiday break. Um, first, we picked How We Fight for Our Lives by Saeed Jones. It's a memoir. Um, Saeed Jones is a poet and um, writer, and so... Uh, we picked that to listen to on audio from Libro FM for our drive to holiday stuff. Um, so I thought we could just talk about it. We didn't actually spend any time talking about what we thought about it. Uh, we were so <laughs> we were so in desperate need of introvert time that we like listened to it on the drive home and then didn't talk. <laughs> well. And you say like an impromptu buddy read, but it's kind of like this is something that we've talked about before where when we're on long road trips, we'll pick a audiobook to go with some podcasts and that's how we spend our time. Um, and I think you had gotten this through Libro yep. with our partners with them. Um, I hadn't read anything by Saeed Jones before this. Have you read any of his work before? No, I thought this was a debut, but I could be wrong. Oh, well, have you, like, read any of his articles or poetry or anything? Um, I might have, but I might not have known that it was him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure I have, but not intentionally, like, seeking out his work. Gotcha. Um, I don't know how I felt about it. Um, like, usually I'm a big fan of memoirs and the journey that he goes through. I really liked the gritty relationship that he had with his mom I think that's the highlight of the story for me um, is just their back and forth um, and how that relationship grew and developed from when he was a kid um, and then into adulthood. And it kind of highlights the... um, It's one of the highlighted conflicts throughout the story is his relationship with his mom. Yeah. Um, 
I liked it too. I'm glad that we listened to it on audio instead of reading it because he narrated and I felt like his poet's voice really came through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really enjoyed reading it that way. I would recommend it to people who like memoir and who like poetic writing. Um, But I wouldn't, I would say be cautious if you're listening with kids, like there's a lot of adult content in it, Mm -hmm. a lot of language, and uh, there might be some triggering content for anyone who's been assaulted or experienced sexual violence in any way. So it's definitely one to approach with caution. Mm -hmm. But I did enjoy it. I uh, actually picked up the recommendation from the What Should I Read Next episode where and talked to her husband, Will, and he mentioned it as a memoir that he really liked. So that made me think maybe that would be a good mutual read for us. I don't think it's something we would have necessarily picked up individually had we not listened to it on audio together. No, and I'm glad that we did because I feel like it was a story um, that we enjoyed in the long run. Um, And it paired interestingly with the other book that we read together, like where... I don't know what it was, but we're just like reading these deep, traumatic stories. Yeah, it turned out. It turned out that way. I finished "Know My Name" by Chanel Miller around Christmas time, and was so blown away by it. And I told you this was my favorite book of 2019, and I didn't say that meaning like you need to read it. I think I think I said everybody needs to read this book. Well, the amount of Pre- like it's it's not a pressure thing to say on me that I should read it, but with the amount of praise that you were heaping on it and just how emotional you were getting in the reading of it because I was seeing you as you were like taking it in chunks and having to stop and going through the motions with it. And that just told me that I needed to make it the first book I read in 2020, which it ended up being the first book I finished this new year new decade even um and i said in a post that i made about it it's something that i think everybody needs to read especially encouraging a lot of males to read it because it's something that you need even from being somebody who was interested in the case when it happened um when she wrote her uh letter to her rapist as emily doe and i remember like reading the articles and going through it at the time you still get more from her voice and how she was feeling and how the criminal justice system really just did not have her back in any way, shape or form. And it, it, you know, you feel her pain coming off the page. So it's something that I would recommend for people that, again, there's the trigger warnings for people who have experienced assault or Um, stories like that. And I've seen mixed reviews from friends who have said you know, it's really triggering approach with caution or people who have said it's been really healing. No person's experience is the same. No person's trauma is the same. So you have to recognize what that means for yourself, but definitely one to approach with caution. So Chanel Miller was known throughout the um, media coverage and throughout the court case of Brock Turner's uh, rape accusations. She was known as Emily or Chanel Doe, um, but now she's come forward. The title of her book is Know My Name, essentially saying I'm owning my identity throughout the case. Uh, a lot of the book talks about how 
because she was Emily Doe and because she her voice was often not heard, other people were able to write the narrative for her and she's taking back the narrative. And so, yeah, it is incredibly powerful. But I was just so floored by her writing voice and her skill mm-hmm. and talent as a writer. Yeah, and fantastic. I hope she reads more. In the book, she kind of mentions maybe wanting to illustrate children's books. I think that would be delightful. She has a really beautiful prose style and although the content of the book is you know those capital letters important read this it's important but her her execution is so amazing and that's part of what i think makes it so worth reading i've heard that the audiobook is incredible Mm -hmm. i think that probably would have been a good uh audiobook choice for us as well but i'm just so glad to have read it in general in any format so Know My Name by Chanel Miller and How We Fight for Our Lives by C. Jones. Two books to kick off the new year for us. I feel weird recommending those because it's like you're going to be on an emotional journey with both of them. But it's, you know, if you're looking to start off the year with some good, you know. Intense nonfiction. Intense nonfiction is a good way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well, we can... Well, I don't know. Is your book recommendation for the week intense? My books are... One is in, kind of intense and one is not. So eh. we'll we'll have a mix. <laughs> but let's talk about the books that we would like to review. These are books that we've read recently and just want to share because we liked them or didn't like them or just want to tell the listeners about them. So what is... Uh, your recent read that you'd like to review. Okay, so my review is going to be Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging by Sebastian Younger. So I've read multiple books of his before. He's a journalist that I think I brought up in our investigative journalism episode of somebody that I really enjoy. Um, He wrote the book War, which is probably one of my top 10 books ever. Um, because he was embedded with a platoon in Afghanistan for 15 months and was able to really, much like Chanel Miller, was able to bring out her voice into her experience because he lived that experience with those soldiers and interviewed with them. He was able to bring light to something that not a lot of people deal with. Um, This one's pretty short, less than 200 pages, um, and kind of the topics that he brings up, it's not very in-depth on any of them it's more like a conversation starter than like an in-depth analysis but he's basically putting forth this idea that as american cultures have become less tribal and more like individualist centric and kind of gone away from um, being reliant on each other like tribal communities that it's bringing forth a lot of these changes that we're seeing in society so he talks about Native American cultures, um, tribal examples of like the military or like England under the Blitz and uses those either um, natural disasters or war or like necessity of how you like your culture is as how those either bring people together and cause either like a dip in PTSD or mental um, disorders or and then kind of compares that to modern society where people are less close-knit and more individual-centric and how it's he's not saying it's the cause for why we see the increase in post-traumatic stress or mental disorders or anything like that these days he's just bringing it as an idea of 
this is something that he's seen personally and then did a little bit of analysis on saying it's a part of the reason why. It's a contributing factor, not like a direct correlation that he's drawing. Yeah, some of the reviews that I've seen are like, this is too generalistic. Like, this isn't like the only thing that's causing society to do one blah, blah, blah. I enjoyed it because it's kind of a combination of memoir. Um, so he tells some stories from his own life, a analysis on his military influences where he's like bringing some of that stuff back from war and then the documentary that he did which was called Restrepo and then a little bit of the academic research but not too much yeah it sounds good it sounds like so you keep saying it's more of a discussion starter and not the be-all end-all well it's of, less this than is the topic it's less than 200 pages and it's he doesn't do footnote anything so it's not really meant to be an academic deep dive on any of these things he t- like the section that he talks about post-traumatic stress is one of the better examples that i've seen um and if you're in the service people will bring up a lot of the like this is your tribe or all the things the way that he describes it is who would you share your last bit of food with and then that's your tribe um but it's not meant to be like a de- academic deep dive on how society has shifted now that we're not as tribal. Hmm. I, I liked it. It was just not my usual because I usually like books that are more cut and dry wrapped up in a bow where they've done like a ton of academic research and a lot of things like that. So True. I like him as an author still. It's not his best work, but I would recommend I'm curious, and maybe it hasn't received any criticism. I'm just curious how it fits in. There's kind of a current conversation of, you know, when we're respecting Native American culture, is it respectful to use tribe as something to describe, like, other areas? Or I'm curious about the research that he did within that Mm -hmm. to be respectful and be sort of conscious of the different the you know culture mm-hmm. um that's something that's just interesting to me he brings that up in the intro that like people might take issue with some of the stuff that he wrote but he cites the people that he talked to in the community okay. and saying like this is the way that they should said that he should write it so oh, i'm glad that he took the time to cite that that's mm-hmm. important yep okay what book are you going to review from your recent reads this was not so recent, but I realized that I never talked about it on the podcast. I think I mentioned wanting to read it, but I have never circled back to it and reviewed it. So I read this a couple of months ago, but it's definitely one that I want to put on people's radars. It's The Unquiet Dead by Ausma Zahanat Khan. And this is a Canadian police procedural. And... I think I would recommend this to fans of, well, Louise Penny is an obvious choice because also Canadian procedural. By the way, I still have not read that. The more that people tell me to read it, the more I don't want to read it. So just don't (laughs) tell me to read it. (laughs) It's a personality flaw. I can't help it. Um, So that is an obvious comparison. I also thought it gave me a little bit of like a Cormoran Strike vibe. Okay. In the sense that we've got a male-female detective team and there isn't as much of a will-they-won't-they element as there is with Cormoran Strike of like a romance, but they do have a really good working chemistry together and there is an element of uh, sort of mentorship with them. 
which is something I really like from the Cormoran Strike novels as well. So if those are some of your favorite books, definitely check out The Unquiet Dead. So the two main characters, Rachel and Issa, are detectives and they work for this Canadian police force that deals in culturally sensitive crimes. So uh, Issa is Muslim and so his religious background and expertise allows him to use a different world lens on certain culturally sensitive crimes in the area. Mm -hmm. And so they end up investigating this case. A man apparently accidentally falls from a cliff and it seems like it might be unrelated to their specific police work, but then all of these threads start to appear about the Srebrenica massacre of 1995 which is a genocide. And I don't want to say too much about that or about the rest of the book because I think the less you know going in, the richer your reading experience. But I will say you will want to do research after reading this book. It's Mm -hmm. something that will make you learn about a part of history that's often hidden that you won't get in American history textbooks. And so I really like the main characters. I like their relationship. I like that the book goes into their backgrounds and sort of gives deeper character-driven analysis with them, not just plot, plot, plot thriller. This is a steady procedural. It's still page-turning in the sense that you want to know what happened, but part of what makes it page-turning is that you care about the characters. And that is some of my favorite mysteries are those. There needs to be enough page turning, which is part of why I've been hesitant about Louise Penny because I've heard that the first four freaking books are slow. Um, But that like character-driven attachment where you care just as much about the detectives as the victims and everybody else involved in the case, I really like that element. So the mystery is great, but all of the historical background, and you can tell that Khan has really done her research. So she has a PhD in international human rights law and the Srebrenica massacre is the main subject of her dissertation. So she is an expert on this and it comes across on the page and I just really, really like it. And there are maybe five or six books in this series. So it's one that I'm going to keep reading in the series and hope that I like the next ones as much as I liked the first. But I think if you're looking for another mystery series to scratch that Louise Penny itch, this is the one to go for. So again, that's The Unquiet Dead by Ausmazia.com. Scratch that Louise Penny itch without actually reading any Louise Penny. Look, <laughs> I love, I'm, I've really been enjoying Canadian literature lately. I, I still have Still Life by Louise Penny on the shelf. It's just that so many people have recommended it. And I just, sometimes I, want, I avoid I, the hype. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe I'll get there eventually. But watch, we're going to have listeners like DM us. You need to read Louise Petty. <laughs> no, hear me now. The more you do that, the more I don't want to read it. It's not that I don't respect your recommendations. It's just that I get stubborn and I dig my heels in. And I know I'm not the only one who's like that. Way to start the new year <laughs> on the right foot. Way to go. Good job. I can't help it. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. 
Many of us want to improve our reading lives in the new year, whether that means reading more, reading less, or trying something new. That's where our favorite audiobook app, Libro.fm, comes in. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite indie bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as Audible, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. To get started, all you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of He Read, She Read podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. That's three audiobook credits for the price of one. And gets this, it's the same price as Audible. Exactly the same price, but with a better mission. We've made the switch to Libro.fm and hope you do too. Go to Libro fm l-i-b-r-o dot f-m and enter the promo code h-r-s-r or go through the link in our show notes with each listen take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores okay curtis now you came up with our book topic for today so well well, (laughs) listeners know that i have a very back and forth relationship with star wars especially when it comes to books yes we couldn't have an episode in the new year and not talk about the sensation that is sweeping the nation and i'm not talking about rise of skywalker i'm talking about the mandalorian specifically the baby yoda baby yoda okay so uh the listeners are all gonna want to know do you like the mandalorian why why not i love the mandalorian i just wish that there wasn't all of this pop culture phenomenon speak like sweeping just because of the baby yoda What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying it takes a lot of people that are not even into the show, but know about the memes. And I just, I don't know. I just like people just to watch the show and enjoy the show because I really think it's well done. I think Pedro Pascal does a great job as Mando, and I haven't even, I have zero desire even to go and watch Rise of Skywalker because my tank is that full of Star Warsness just because of the Mandalorian. But. I thoroughly enjoy The Mandalorian 2, maybe not as much as you did at first, but by the final episode where stuff actually happened, (laughs) then I was like, okay, I can get into this. And of course, Baby Yoda is delightful. And so where does it fit in the Star Wars rankings for you? Mm, Not as good as the original movies, better than the prequel movies. Maybe on, it's probably right in there with Rogue One, which I think is like that middle road. I haven't seen Solo or any of those things, so I haven't ranked it. Um, I don't like any of the new movies very much. Um, But it provided a good opportunity to think of like, a TV comparison that I had is, it reminds me of Firefly, um, because you have like this kind of crew on the run, baddie of the week situation. Um, And then it kind of also brought up a caretaker philosophy where it's like a father-son relationship between Mando and Baby Yoda. And throughout the whole thing, you're just like, I just want him to be the dad to Baby Yoda. And then at the end of the... Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to say it's like, that's really what we're wanting is just more of Mando being the dad to Baby Yoda. Yeah. I So I watched the first couple of episodes and I think I texted you, no wonder you like this. It's a Western. Mm -hmm. And... So when you brought up that you wanted to talk about books that reminded us of The Mandalorian today, I really struggled to find anything on my shelves that would match because I don't read westerns and 
Well, I'll get into that a little bit more when I talk about my choice. But so our topic for today that we're basing our recommendations on is books that remind us of The Mandalorian or more specifically Baby Yoda. And just to remind everyone of what this segment is, we take this topic and then it's He Read, She Read. So Curtis gives a book recommendation based on what he's read and I give a recommendation based on what I've read. And so the goal is just to kind of mash up our reading tastes with this similar topic. So, And I'm throwing a curveball at you right out of the gate. The more that you (laughs) talk about it being like this Western composition and then I'm going to do the Firefly comparison, I really think it most closely aligns to the Dark Tower. Interesting. That is not in the outline. I know. I'm going off script on this one. You can mention, you can talk about your other book too though, because I I think it's really good. I will. Um, so I'm specifically thinking of like the first couple books um, where, and that'll be like the gunslinger as the good example, um, where we have Roland DeShane, who is this elite warrior, kind of like the Mandalorians, where they're kind of given this higher purpose and just really skilled at what they do. Um, and then he's given this ward to take care of. So in his case it's jake chambers who is this kid that comes from our earth into their midworld, and he kind of has to guide him and take care of him and go through that situation and we kind of learn more about roland and then learn about jake and see their relationship kind of develop so it's kind of like mando and baby yoda where they kind of have their diverging stories and then in the first encounter and then he realizes that he wants to take care of him and has this sense of justice and then goes and rescues him and do all those things. I'm going to spoil some of the Mandalorian guys. It's out, but if you can't get your hands on it. Spoilers ahead. Pause here. Okay. But so because he does like the rescue mission and to go take care of him and do all those things and then takes him with on all of his journeys, it kind of reminds me of how Roland takes care of Jake and sees it as his purpose to kind of be that new family. So it starts off originally that he's got this quest. He's going to go to the tower. He's going to do these things. And then as it further progresses in the story, it just becomes, I'm going to take care of this kid and we're a family. So that's, I think, the best example, bringing in kind of the fantastical Western elements. There's, you know, there's not lasers, there's revolvers, but it's got this a little bit of sci-fi element to it. Um, And then the other story that I thought of is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. So dystopian, apocalyptic father-son relationship, which is what I see in a lot of mando and baby yoda is he just wants to take care of him and guide him through and maybe next season we'll see some of that development of their relationship as kind of he becomes more of a paternal figure but that's really what i remember from the road is it's the father and son taking care of each other and then dealing with the situations that they come across on the road the road is dark though yeah so the uh Gunslinger or the Dark Tower books are probably a close match for the tone of Mandalorian. And then just that father-son relationship. If you want to go real dark. Would be the road. road. When did you read The Road? Um, Probably in high school. I read it for AP Literature. Yeah, it came out in 2007, won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, Have it on the shelf. I probably read it in high school because the timing would have matched up. Yeah, I wonder if you read it for AP Literature and then... Two years later, I did. Probably. It, yeah, I mean, it wrecked us, <laughs> the whole class. Yeah. That's a, such an intense book. But 
And I've kind of had an up and down relationship with the Dark Tower books too, where it was kind of like the Mandalorian, where it starts off strong. I really like the Gunslinger, and then the middle couple episodes or the middle couple books slow, slow moving kind of through. I haven't even finished that series yet. I still have mm-hmm. the last two to read. Um, but I'm from what I've heard, it picks up in the tail end. Like book seven is like phenomenal, but I just have to get through six to get there. I was just going to ask if you were on book seven. Or I'm still two. on book six, so got to find my ways to get through it. Have you tried audio for that one? Yes, um, but the audios that I versions that I have does not have it divvied up in chapters. It just has the whole block, so Oof. It's, so it's hard to like find your way. Yeah. Um, but eventually I will get through them, and I'm looking forward to the ending. But Roland just kind of reminds me of Mando. Yeah, that's a really smart comparison. I like that it was off the seat of your pants, too. Uh, okay, I've talked about the series on the podcast a couple times before, I think. But when you mentioned the Mandalorian and the caretaking relationship with Baby Yoda, I scanned my bookshelves and my Goodreads account. I was trying to think of that kind of book. But I any caretaking novel that I read typically is about motherhood or like parenthood and families things like that it's not like a I guess maybe there are some adoption narratives that I've read but nothing that really closely matches the relationship between Mando and Baby Yoda Mm -hmm. but then I thought back to when we first started watching it and mentioned like oh it's kind of like westerns it's like Firefly and that made me think of the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer because I think that these books are kind of like Firefly. You've got this futuristic setting. There's some stuff that takes place in outer space. There's a ragtag group of people banding together. Their back and forth dialogue is really witty, which I think is the biggest thing, part of Firefly that you really love. And it's just such a solid young adult series that I think adults would love too. Um, I think, so it's been so long since I've read, I think I've read the first three and I haven't read the last one yet, but it's been so long since I've read this series that I feel like I need to go back and read it all over again, which just Mm -hmm. means that I'm never going to get to it. (laughs) But I think there is a component where there is a rescue mission for a young child and then there's going to be a protection thing in the last book. Mm -hmm. So I think there's more of a Baby Yoda element coming up that I haven't gotten to yet. But overall, it takes fairy tales and puts this futuristic spin on them. A big part of the Mandalorian that we're seeing is the same as Star Wars, where it's all about the hero's journey. And I think that each novel in the Lunar Chronicles series and the series overall definitely fits that hero's journey pattern. Fun to read, not slow at all. Like, these are books that you will turn the pages, read quickly. It's the perfect sort of like popcorn movie style young adult series. Mm -hmm. So uh, The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer would be my recommendation. And then of course, like it's got the space element, which connects a little bit to The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. But now that you brought it up, I'll be kind of looking for more Baby Yoda books, I guess. Well, you're all about the memes. So you're... I think they're hilarious. <laughs> I think it's got it's gotten a little old. I mean, I was into it at first. It's gotten a little bit old, but yeah. I anytime 
that something like that happens and it's a pop culture phenomenon. I just enjoy the ride because that's what it's meant for. Just well, enjoy it. That just means we're going to tap in on it. And, exactly. And get some people to listen to this episode. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk about our recommendation of the week. And we're going back to simple recommendations of the week because we're coming up with a watch, listen, reads too hard to keep track of. <laughs> Um, I decided this because I can't keep track of everything that we're watching, listening to, and reading, <laughs> and what we've already mentioned, and which season of what we're on. How do these pop culture podcasters keep track of all this stuff that they recommend? Spreadsheets? Well, well that's all they do. Then they have people for it. Like you think oh, of like goodness. you think of like the popcast. They have Aaron. I don't like spreadsheets enough to keep track of all of that. So we're just going to do recommendations of the week. Each of us will recommend something at the end of an episode. And I think people are going to be super into what you have to recommend, Curtis. So people might remember when we moved over summer, I cataloged all my books. um, And we did a Google form um, where I was able to get a a pie chart and see how many of my books that I own I haven't read. Spoiler alert, guys, it was like 500 books that I own and over, well, it was... We should have them guess. Don't tell them how many. We'll post it on Instagram and whoever guesses the closest to your unread books will get a prize. Well, can I say what it was over summer and then maybe they can guess what it is now? No, 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 no. Okay, fine. So I've been looking for a new way to catalog my books that I can continue to add to because... That Google form just didn't work for me as far as like adding and keeping the collection going. So I still use Goodreads to track my reading for the year, um, but that is, doesn't really do it for me as far as like being able to quick search a book that I have, um, like when I'm in a, a bookstore looking for something and not sure if I own it or not. Or so, say a foreign country. Yeah. Um, so I actually listened to the What Should I Read Next episode where she talks about book journaling, book cataloging, um, and kind of does some Q&As with listeners. And somebody brought up Library Thing. And what I like about Library Thing is it lets you use your phone. It has the scanner, so you can use the barcodes. So far, there's been a couple of books that I own that don't have the barcodes, and then it's really easy. You can search um, the Amazon library or some other libraries that they have databases that connect to. And there's hasn't been a book that I own that I haven't been able to find. And then what I like about it is it breaks your stuff down into collections. So I can go in and see my entire library. I can add books to my wish list. I can see what I'm currently reading and books that I have yet to read that I own. Um, So my grand total now is 565 books that are in my library right now. (laughs) Um, And I will just... I think I might have a quarter of that. Yeah, I just own a a ton of books, and it hasn't gone down. Like, we bought a ton of books over Christmas, and you gave me seven books for Christmas. Let's just get this out there. I'm enabling it, I know. You're you're not helping. Um, But we'll let listeners guess. um, How many of those are unread? How many of my 565 books that I own? I'll post it in an Instagram story later this week. So I, I love it because it can I can update it as I go. I can have it out while I'm at a bookstore, scan the barcode, add it to my wish list, and then it has a little spot in there. And then in a span of a couple of days, like since we've been home uh, from Christmas break, I was able to catalog my entire collection, and now it's in my phone. I'm just impressed that every single book is scanned because you have so many. Yeah, touched every single one. Oh my goodness. We need bigger bookshelves. <laughs> What's your recommendation for this week? Okay. Uh, We 
binge-watched the crap out of You on Netflix. No, You season two, we should specify. Season two. And you do have to watch season one, I think. Yes. I guess you could kind of guess, but no, it's worth watching because both seasons are addictive. We like the first season, too. I feel like this was more of a, like, binge. Yeah, we went through it faster, I think. We did, definitely. Two days. (laughs) We watched it. Two two evenings, I should say. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's a... I, it's a thriller TV show, yeah. but it's based on book series. There's a lot of bookish content within the show because the main character is a bookseller. And it's really creepy. It's not too scary. No, it's just very creepy. I, I mean, he's got very, there are some gross parts. He's got strong sure. stalker vibes because he actually, you know, is a stalker. Well, he is. Yeah. He's kind of a serial killer as well. So yeah. it's, yeah, if you like that kind of thing... It's just it's just so addictive. Right. And I think it's not like award winning television or anything. No, but it's, it's just solid binge watching material. It's good Netflix show. Yeah. Um and is it Penn Badgley? Yeah. He is a good creep. Is is what Oh yeah, I would he's say. so good at his role. Fantastic as a creep. Interesting compliment, but yeah, he is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just I highly recommend that if you need something, you need a new series, you want to binge watch. Maybe you don't watch it by yourself if you get scared easily like it's it's creepy it wasn't too scary for me but that doesn't mean that it's not too scary for someone else no but it's also a good reminder of like how focused we are on like our internet personas and how they can be used against us yeah there's a lot of really interesting social commentary in Mm -hmm. the show Mm -hmm. some of it is a little like okay we get it but (laughs) (laughs) uh but there is a lot of interesting social commentary brought about by it so you on netflix specifically season two but if you haven't watched seasons one and two just get on it Mm -hmm. i think you could probably binge watch both seasons in a weekend if you have the dedication that we do (laughs) to binge watching (laughs) all right curtis that's all we have for today uh it was fun to talk about the mandalorian and connect it to books and uh, I'm excited to talk about our upcoming buddy read, Ghost Talkers by Mary Robinette Kowal. No, I just finished it, so you're going to have to buckle down and get reading on it. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, we say buddy reads, so there's there's some discrepancy. I always thought buddy reads was just like, oh, well, two people are reading the book. But some people think buddy reading is like, no, you have to read it together at the same time, chapter by chapter. Yeah, no. That's not what we do. <laughs> uh, typically, because we only have one copy of the book or we borrow it from the library or something, we'll just pass it back and forth. So That counts. If people are saying it's, it's at the same time. I think it's a buddy read. Yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting. There are different definitions out there. For us, buddy read just means we're both reading the book. Right. But not at the same time. No. So uh, just some reminders for news and announcements you should connect with us on social media or email. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at hereadsheread. Most of our stuff we put out on Instagram. And if you want to email us, you can find us at hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like a full list of titles and stuff that we mention in this episode, you can go to hereadsheread.org, click on podcast, and then we have show notes for each episode there. 
And a big thank you to our absolute favorite audiobook service, Libro FM, for sponsoring this episode. We love you, Libro FM. Thank you all for listening. And remember, the couple that reads together. Shares all the Baby Yoda memes and turns it into a podcast episode. Indeed we do. Which is exactly what we do. <laughs>